0: Hello, I am Katrina Collier, and as part of my mission to inspire all the people that recruit people to treat people better, I bring you the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited podcast. Here, you will hear from those hiring leaders who create true partnerships with recruiters, HR and talent acquisition, because they know that it delivers a better result for the business and a better human experience. May this podcast inspire other hiring leaders to create better partnerships with their recruiters and HR and may it inspire recruiters to create true and valuable partnerships with their hiring leaders because people make businesses succeed and people matter. So let us begin. Roderick Lambert, welcome to the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited Podcast, proudly supported by the people at WorkDrive. Welcome, welcome.
1: Hi, Katrina. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, rather weird to be on the other side of the of the, the, the video link with you, I must say, but I'll do my Absolutely.
0: Best. We will explain what that is all about in a minute. Anyway, you've jumped into the fold because my mission with this was to interview hiring managers. So people in the hot seat hiring in the business and and hear their perspective, particularly those brilliant ones who partner with recruiters so well, but I'm finding they're being a little bit elusive. And I was like, okay, so what can I do that's still along that vein that will still be of value to recruiters that they're not currently hearing? And I thought, I know, let's talk about the partnership and how to build that and what's great. So I thought, oh, I know the person. Roderick Lambert's my person. But We'll explain why in a second. Can you give us a bit of background into what it is you do? I mean, obviously, we, we met in unusual circumstances as well. So sort of fill everyone in on what oh, you do oh, and oh, how oh. you got to where you are, like a career snapshot.
1: Oh, okay, well, I'll get to the unusual circumstances as well <laughs> at the end. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically, I, I was born in the UK. Um, after university, I moved to uh, the Czech Republic or Czechia. Uh, to be with with my the love of my life today my wife um, and where I have family from um, and I sort of got into uh, HR first of all I mean I've always been my professional career has always been in recruitment and HR up until mm-hmm. fairly recently um, and yeah I, I started off in a small language school recruiting teachers managing them and then that school grew enormously and an HR role. Kind of appeared that I filled. <laughs> uh, very happy to fill. Uh, so I, I did less, bit more, of the, less of the recruitment of manager, and more of this or sort of general HR stuff, and that was kind of the start of my HR career, which led me to um, multinational corporation, uh, yeah. a finance group called Societe Generale, where I became the local HR director for the insurance company there, um, and yeah, and there again my. Career continued, went after four years, I was kind of zone HR director for the uh, EMEA uh, mm-hmm. region for the insurance division. And then I moved into the local, the big local bank here, 7,500 employees, uh, pretty big by uh, wow. standards as an HR business partner. So yep. so when it comes to partnering, hiring managers mm-hmm. and recruitment, I've been, I've been recruiting, I've been that middleman as HR business partner, I've been yep. a manager myself. Uh, And I've worked with dozens of uh, CEOs and and C-suites and board of directors, uh, members of the board, rather, um, uh, in all aspects, of course, of leadership and management uh, and organizational development. But, of course, in particular, um, working as that uh, middle piece between hiring manager and internal recruitment team or even external headhunting team. So... Until recently, uh, and then yes, and then there was a change. And then there was a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I reached my kind of midlife, uh, midlife self-reflecting <laughs> piece. And I don't want to use the word crisis because it wasn't a
0: crisis, but it, it, was,
1: it was becoming one for sure. Yeah, turned forty, adopted my beautiful
0: son. I'm sorry, forty is not midlife. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the
1: start, perhaps. It's no, one of those no, miles. I've decided
0: my next birthday is midlife. <laughs>
1: well, now that I'm 46 and a half, I, I would agree with you. But when uh, what, what I've experienced myself, I certainly would say that, uh, that there's still plenty of years left in me, in yep. me for sure. Um, and, yeah, so uh, I decided basically that I couldn't be a good husband, father, HR, business partner, um, mm-hmm. uh, just couldn't keep it up. And what's more... Uh, what's more, uh, the the purpose was to create value for the shareholders, and uh, uh, I decided that that wasn't really what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I mean, it was pretty good no. for the first twenty years, worked well, um, but um, that midlife kind of questioning: is it worth it? So, mm. so I did a lot of uh, soul searching, discussions with my wife, reading, listening to podcasts, etc., and realised that actually, purpose you can grab your own purpose because actually, yes. We as humans only have one, and that's to evolve in the evolutionary process. Otherwise, it's up to us. Um, and and yeah, so I decided that uh, my purpose wasn't going to be found in the corporate walls and the structures. Mm-hmm. I decided after a long time to quit quit yeah. the job um, and fell into coaching because that was the one part of the HR function, business partner function that I, I enjoyed. People tended to think I was good at it, even though... I know now that what I, was do- what I was doing then wasn't really coaching, more like consultancy. Yeah. Um, did a year's uh, a transformational course where not only did I learn how to be a good coach, but I also did a sort of personal transformation. Yeah. And today, that's what I do. Yeah. And that's it's funny I you
0: say you fell into it, into because what, yeah. if you actually go back to the beginning, you fell into HR, yeah. which is unusual because people usually choose HR and fall into recruitment. Okay. <laughs> but you said, oh yeah, I was sitting in. Recruitment and then the HR evolves and it appeared in the company. And then you felt that's interesting.
1: That, that's a lot. That's very true. A lot, of, a lot of my colleagues in that kind of generalist or business partner role came from mm. uh, external recruitment, for instance, agencies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess that kind of would seem a logical step. And I, I fell yeah. into HR generalist from yeah. <laughs> falling into recruiting native <laughs> English speaker teachers uh, yeah. who studied a music degree. So, you know, I mean, it's pretty Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Which, unfortunately, unless you like, you have to be the best of the best, don't you? So, and of course, I met you at Disrupt HR Prague. Well, this it was moment. actually a
1: different event, actually. I'm not sure oh. you were at Disrupt HR, but um, you were, you were, you know, it was, it was a, it was a seminar by <gasps> Tatiana so it Padua. it was, of
0: course.
1: HR Art, it was called. And you, That's you were, right. Uh, oh the, my goodness. You know, sorry, Tatiana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we, we chatted I was there to network. She's um,
0: since run that. That's right. You're that's absolutely right. right. Yeah. Yes. And of course, the big thing is now you're my coach.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <And laughs> Which is so exciting.
1: Unusual. <laughs> so, no, no boozy evenings in a bar, I'm afraid. It was no. an HR networking uh, <laughs> event. But it was great a great guy.
0: fun event. A great fun event. But I love having you as my coach. And it's funny because we've, been, oh gosh, how long has it been now? It's over a year, isn't oh, yeah, it? Yeah. But 14, 15 months. <laughs> And I uh, quite regularly will turn up to the session with absolutely no idea what I need from the session, but I always come out with exactly what I needed, <laughs> which is the bit I love because you just have this ability to just ask me the right questions. <sighs> but because that comes to today's sort of topic that I want to allude to is th- because you're really listening, aren't you? Right. But you call it something else. I call it power listening. Which I love. Okay. Uh, Sounds some
1: nicer people, than active listening. <laughs> yeah, active listening is a bit of a cliché. I think it's now yeah. overused, uh, and it also suggests you have to be active. And and actually, power listening is more about various techniques you can use um, that that uh, you can use them consciously and learn mm. them as a habit. Even though we are yeah. actually already evolutionarily equipped to do them, mm. uh, but active listening suggests you have to sort of take an active role. And actually, power listening is is more or less the opposite. Um, coaches will have heard uh, of the three stages, uh, the three levels of, of of listening, which is basically what this this is all about. And uh, absolutely, and uh, you talk, to, you know, you don't
0: know what you're going to talk about. And no, uh, and but it's because- I'm sure many people turn up with proper problems. I just turn up going, oh, I wonder what it'll be today, <laughs> and it's always mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> you yourself. seem to gather my like chaos that's going on out there and and bring it all into this. <laughs> Make sense of it
1: <laughs> that is again essentially what a coach does draws out the sense yeah. and he does that by participating in what what my my trainer called dominic um mm. he called it the coaching dance and uh, when you're yeah. dancing you have to be very aware of your partner's body i'm a useless dancer mm. i should point out my wife right. could tell you how bad i am but um,
0: <laughs> Too but, <left> uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but you actually learn on a coaching course um how to actually, how to actually, uh, the techniques required and the minds that are required for active listening. But perhaps yeah. maybe I don't know if you want to say why it's important for your topic what, of partnership. But I,
0: I was just thinking though when I was like doing see what the podcast people can't see is me doing hand gesture of like crazy arms in the air, <laughs> shaking around, going all. Oh, ideas I have going on in my head, and you make sense of it. But actually, when you think about, and I really realised this when I was writing The Robot Proof Recruiter, and I always say to people, Chapter 5 is the crux of that entire book, which I completely crowdsourced. Um, And it's all about the intake strategy session, which is the most important part of the whole recruitment process, which is pretty well taking my hands in the air going nuts, (laughs) and taking all of the hiring manager's information and getting it down on paper. Mm correctly mm. so that you can partner with them properly to fill a role That's so I thought you might be able to share some tips and tricks and stuff about like how do you do that how do you get that right <laughs> I'm still making hand gestures yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only problem with this being a podcast <laughs> yeah, no I also you miss way. my arms <laughs> anyone who's seen me speak knows my arms do a lot of talking <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, first of all, I should say, I wasn't particularly good at it when I was in HR, (laughs) I must say. It's something I realise now. But, um, uh, yeah, you said get all the ideas from the manager's head onto paper and draw kind of sense from it. And I would say that that's where powerlifting comes in so, is so important because very often the manager has some sort of idea, but you don't know what's behind it. And actually when you can get, Mm. unravel the layers Um, then you actually get to something much more important for your recruitment strategy or your recruitment uh, commission uh, uh, that they actually want to give you. Um, But the question is, how do you do that? Because, you know, you've got an
0: Outlook meeting, one hour is sort of standard, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. The automatic default. If you're lucky um, to get an hour out of them. Well, exactly. <laughs> and there's not some job description they wrote three years ago that's in the bottom drawer that they just pulled out and shove at you. Well, yeah. there you go. Job
1: description. <laughs> I mean, geez. Uh, yeah, no. That's, that's a very good example because the job description often misses out the yep. most important substance, actually, of what the mm. person you're looking for is, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and so the you know, meeting's been three times postponed, and then you get in, you're in a rush, he's in a panic, he's in a rush, and a panic, something's yep. going on. Um, and basically it's kind of seen as, um, a technical meeting, if you like, basically I yeah. will transmit my ideas to the HR partner or the yeah. recruiting partner, um, as the manager, hiring manager, and they will go and execute like a program.
0: I guess. Yes. And that, also that, that's that out of balance. They think that HR or recruitment is a service, mm. not a partner. Right. As well. That's Again, true. hand gestures going on here where I'm trying to show a balance of scales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe back. I need to take this to video. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't show you, Petriona. <laughs> no, I need to true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so, yeah, and that comes back, of course, to bite you in, in the bum later when yep. you say HR hasn't delivered, you know, recruitment mm-hmm. hasn't delivered um, because they see it as a service. You know, And you might mm-hmm. not SLA. I mean, that's not yeah. a partnership of this and SLA, isn't it? Yeah, that, no. I dictate, you act. But um, yeah, I mean, the point, going back to the, the active listening or the power listening, is that it's all actually about rapport, building an understanding of the other person mm. uh, and creating the bonds. I mean, I've got the definition up here of rapport a relationship characterized by agreement, mutual understanding, or empathy that makes communication possible or easy. All right. So mm. who wouldn't want to have easy, easy. Communication, mm, uh, communication with mutual understanding in a relationship characterized by agreement? And hand on heart, how many of those relationships actually meet that definition? So, yeah. so my kind of tip would be your goal as well, hiring manager, but also more often, I guess the, the onus is on the, the HR part, whether recruitment or, or, or business partner mm. is to aim to build that rapport yeah um because we do business with people i mean in the end he's from finance or she's from finance and you're from hr Mm. uh, or recruitment uh yeah unfortunately silos define these barriers but in the end it's human to human and everybody's experienced how with one hiring manager it's far easier and constructive to work than with another
0: that's why um in the mastermind i include like influencing and things like that and we go through like different um different styles and like have quite a lot of fun with it really Mm. like uncovering our own styles and then looking at other people's styles to see exactly what you're saying because it's like understanding how because you do have to get them on side don't you no matter their personality, you need to get to that ease of communication you just mentioned.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, again, this is my kind of coaching cap on. I'm hearing uh, influence and get them on side. It's oh, a yeah. Little
0: bit that sounds harsh, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> you kind of power listening? Is it not fighting? <laughs> power
1: listening is, is not manipulation.
0: Actually. <laughs> oh, OK. It can no, be used to I didn't manipulate. mean manipulate. <laughs>
1: It's a very strong, strong power to have, but it can yeah. be, and it can be used to manipulate just like any strong Yeah, no, I
0: didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I
1: know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to get to that relationship characterized yeah. by agreement and mutual understanding. Okay. Mm. And and while it takes two to tango, one person has to start it off. So yeah. So yeah, so so perhaps the question is then, uh, you know, what does it what does it um, achieve and how do you do it? Okay. I mm. mean we're just cut to the chase and then how would you do it? And, and there are techniques that you could you can actually consciously do, yeah. learn to do, and make habitual. Um, and um, you know, I mean there's about four or five I could describe, but I mean one one very simple one you can start trying out even after you've listened to this, this podcast, uh, is uh, what I call the three monkeys. It's basically yeah. um, the uh physical mirroring Mm-hmm. Or physical, physical, and tone of voice, and use of language yeah. that the other person is using, and mm. and you know, I'm afraid the pubs are still closed, at least in this part of the world. I don't know about in the UK. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: outside, outside, well, be outside.
1: Anyway, well, enjoy a freedom uh, pint and just observe mm. the people around you, and you'll probably mm. see people naturally. Mimic, mimicking, mirroring uh, yeah. what other people are, you know, as they talk. Uh, and it's, it's, it's something evolution. That's how we, we discover when we meet, mm. met someone in, from a different tribe many, many tens of thousands of years ago. Um, you know, that's how we connected. There are even, mm. uh, neural sensors behind the eyes that uh, observe the thousands of muscles in our face that are moving mm. all the time, based on our emotions, etc. So,
0: actually, I love that. I love the one you shared as well. To get so, so you can't do it at the pub, <laughs> but getting people to sit back on video chats as well, so you could see more body language, right? To help mirroring. Right, exactly. And that's that something important because
1: we're all, of course, online these days, and it makes mm. it much harder. I have to say. Um, But um, what uh, that is about is because in the end, um, mm. only a, like seven percent of our message is is verbal.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It's the words we say, and, and sometimes the words we don't say. All right. Well, that's the paraverbal, which is yeah. another I don't know, fifteen percent or something. Uh, yeah. Or twenty percent of, of the message, and that's yeah. what we're not saying. And that's the tone of voice we're using, the speed. Um, uh, And then you've got, of course, the body language, which is mm-hmm. actually, you know, something like over fifty percent of the whole message. You talk about waving hands,
0: and yeah, uh, <laughs> everyone's so, missing that.
1: Yeah, yeah. and the <laughs> gestures, all of that. So yeah, that's why you ask, you know, if you can sit, ask them to have a better view of more of mm-hmm. what they're doing. You're going to get more feedback.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and this is maybe just to tie it into our coaching sessions. Is is what I'm doing. I'm observing not just. The things you're saying, but how you're saying them, and what you look like yeah. when you're saying them, and that can be really powerful to, to see and yeah. you know, what's going because
0: on there. You often will notice when I have a sharp intake of breath, or I like you'll say something and it hits a nerve, and I'm like, ah, and I'll, uh, and you always notice it. You never miss it. And I guess it's the same when you're trying to get that information from a hiring leader. It's really noticing that as well. Like where they speed up and they're a bit more excited, I guess, or where they slow down or, you know, if they look a bit bored. or do know. Is that the sort of stuff they'd be looking for?
1: All that sort of stuff. And you say get the information. I would say allow it <laughs>
0: to be revealed
1: because the other thing that this does, You
0: keep picking on me for saying that. Like, yeah, that's probably that Australian. Just get on with it the information. <laughs> Give me what I need.
1: <laughs> well, getting that—that's you know, it's true. Two people it's very to direct. Get something from each other. Yeah, and and when you abandon that mindset, mm. then actually you 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 get more. Um, you okay. Reveal more, and and if you can pick up on that with your hiring manager, for instance, and notice these moments, and we are first of all, you are creating. You are visibly get, showing empathy. Which, yes. Makes the other person feel at ease. Mm. Okay. No one's going to reveal, actually, I need this person to be like this because in our team, we've got this, uh, toxic guy. So, uh, <laughs> uh we need, uh, we need this person. You know, I mean, he's not necessarily going to say because who's going to in mm. an unsafe space admit that in their team, they've got a troublemaker. But once okay. you've created and that guy feels, or he, she, uh, feels at ease in that, conversation with you, then they're much more likely, and you can pick up on it, and you're you're reflecting their feelings, then they're much more likely to come out with that very important bit of information for you to hire the right person.
0: So from what you're saying, it's almost like going into the conversation thinking, I'm here to discover rather than get. What can I find out? It's like, oh, I wonder what this will be about. So a bit more curious and a bit more light. And then mirroring. So if you're mirroring their tone of voice and their behavior they're going to start feeling relaxed
1: it it actually the neuron sensors behind the eyes actually pick up on that
0: and yep. you know
1: the hormonal changes then etc emotional it 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 actually biochemically uh, works and you you came to the
0: curiosity exactly oh yeah i love a bit of curiosity the curiosity <laughs> so you know i
1: mean we 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 sort of We're we're kind of somehow educated and trained to to ask uh, closed questions. We want a quick Mm. answer, yes, no. Uh, It's very quick and efficient, but it Mm. leads, it it stops discovery.
0: Mm. Uh, Whereas an
1: open question that doesn't have a yes, no answer actually and you know recruiters should be able to let you know about this because they use it in their interviews i would like to think because you get more you get you reveal discover more about the candidate yeah. than simply have you done this yes no yeah um, so i know um,
0: um steve levy mentions in my book things like uh, like what problem are you coming in to solve or what problem are they coming in to solve hmm. and then you end up with a whole load of information just by a watch question rather than, as you're saying, the yes, no.
1: Right. Exactly. So, so how, uh, you know, how questions, um, uh, wow. very good ones. Um, when, um, be careful with
0: why. Yeah. Why is it a harsh one? Isn't it? People get a bit defensive, don't they? Absolutely. Because we tend to think of why as being,
1: um, uh, in, in, uh, what's the word, um, interrogatory, as I were, you know, that's uh, uh, what, what, with, a, with a judgment uh, call behind it, okay? It's do like a be- question.
0: Do you think that's because, and you know this with little kids, when when we're little and we go why, 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 and we get told to shush, do you think it stems from that? Maybe it stems from maybe, that. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's possible, is it? See, there goes my curiosity. I can't help myself. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> no psychologist. I just apply psychological, you know, uh, yeah. techniques rather than actually getting behind what's one, but there could well be, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so uh, open questions. Um, yeah. How did the meeting go is far better than did the meeting go well? Um, yes. You're going to find out much more about that uh, uh, with, uh, you know, how did the meeting go? Um, yeah. And uh, the other thing is also uh, checking, uh, checking comprehension. So repeating mm. back, summarizing, repeating back, um, to the other person, so uh, this is what I'm hearing. You know, I'm hearing yeah. that, da da da, and that's, again. If you're hitting the right notes, the yeah. other person thinks this this person understands me. Mm. This is my friend. Um, it's
0: funny that one because one of the things I've noticed with the recruiters coming through my mastermind is that they develop that almost fearlessness of asking that question. Now, I know it sounds strange, but mm. to, to repeat back, because the hiring managers say it's a technical role, you know, might say, oh, they need X, Y, Z technology, and the recruiter doesn't really get it, but feels like they should know the answer already, even though they're not a technical person and they don't do the job. And it almost takes a little bit of gumption to just say, right, okay, so I've I've heard that, is that correct? Or to query and say, I don't understand, can you help me with that? Right? Are there any tips for... Is that still what questions? I guess. <laughs> but with that, just feeling safe enough to answer that back. Oh, sorry. So repeat it back.
1: Repeat well. Uh, repeating back, as I said, it kind of if you're if you've got it right and you've summarised it simply, succinctly, mm. and, and and accurately, then the person's going to say, "Yeah, this person really understands me."
0: Yeah, And if you're getting it
1: wrong, it's a chance to make sure that there's no misunderstanding. Yeah. I mean, how many meetings have ended and one or both parties have gone away and said, actually, what does he mean by that? You know,
0: yes. Um, and, and as recruiters, we should not be ending that way. We should be ending with, I understand exactly what I'm doing here. The hiring manager knows what I'm doing here. Right. Yeah, right. so the it's
1: important. A safe uh, mm. relationship as well. So, yeah. And also you're demonstrating a certain vulnerability, which, which yes. stimulates vulnerability
0: um, in in others, you know. Uh. Yeah. And I think there is that, that, again, going to the fearlessness, that fear to be vulnerable, that fear to, oh, well, I should already show that. But of course you can't know. And that's why I just think it's so important to do what you're saying, repeat it back and, yeah. and just see Because, again, vulnerability doesn't hurt. And it's been interesting that that word has been a common thread through the interviews through this podcast so far. Mm-hmm. about The really good leaders are quite vulnerable and they're not afraid to go, I don't know. <laughs> right right yeah, well, well yeah nice. I
1: mean, uh, we're talking about the power listening which which i do a workshop on but i also yeah. do I've, I've, i haven't got a workshop on it but uh on on the human skills of leadership and one of them mm. is creating uh a safe space and the first thing a leader can do to create a space is to demonstrate his his or her own vulnerability um
0: okay tell us how you get them to do that no don't <laughs> 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 where can they find out about that do you, you have a website don't you
1: Oh, I'm on LinkedIn, basis. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about LinkedIn. You definitely want to have a look. But if anybody wants you know, I I did a webinar a year ago uh, about this, and I recorded it, so anybody wants the recordings, I'm happy to to send them the recordings to the six uh, human skills that every leader should have in a COVID, at the time COVID, these days um, post-COVID environment. Um, That was very
0: optimistic there, Roderick, (laughs) (laughs) post-COVID. Roderick's decided, yay!
1: Wouldn't it be wonderful? I know. Perhaps of working from distance as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I do think going, you know, going back to that importance of that the power listening. When you're doing that, though, what if you are hearing the hiring managers really resisting flexible working and things like that? Is (sighs) that again just to ask them more questions to get beyond what the fear is of? Because I feel like a lot of recruiters are going to come against that kind of question going forward. Because at the yeah. moment it's fine; everyone can work wherever they want. But there are companies out there being a bit silly about where people are going to work going forward.
1: Well, one thing's the company, and what is a company? It's it's a body yeah. of human beings, and that's mm. kind of uh, generally uh, influenced strong the higher up in the mm. uh, in the org chart. The the yeah the the uh, stronger that influence and and it's it's pretty hard to to do something about that one person lower down the, mm. the food chain um, but uh, if it's you know one particular manager and I dealt with this on many occasions uh, badly probably uh, <laughs> is is that they the particular manager you know the mindset is if they're not mm. if I can't see them at work they're not working yeah um, presenting behind that is kind of this. Uh, image that without them, the team would not be functioning. And that mm-hmm. you're going in, if you're going to be, uh, you know, inquiring about that, be prepared because you are going right into the heart of their ego, into the heart of their own self uh, image um, and uh, their, their feeling of self worth. So you're getting into pretty uh, uh, awkward territory. So that's why yeah. that rapport and that relationship has to be so. Uh, strong um, mm. and safe and yeah. uh, meaningful empathy. I can't remember now what was in the definition. Yeah. you That's certainly
0: it. wouldn't want to sort of hit it with why do they have to work Ooh. in the office, whereas actually you're right. If you've done all of that at the beginning yeah. and built that great rapport and that will probably take time before you get to the point where you can query them on that, then you yeah. can say, like, what is it about the right. working from home that sort of is concerned for you and very gently prize it out of them. But you're right once they've got the safety.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm not really sure what to advise in that situation except that it will, it will depend very much on mm. the level of trusting and mutual understanding that you have yeah. with the relationship with that with that manager. And, of course, you are yeah. sailing against the, the, the wind a bit. If the corporate message is one of now mm. restrictions
0: are over, back to the office, everybody. Mm. Um, be interesting to see what happens to those companies (laughs) we will see they're definitely not power listening to their staff Uh, (laughs) that's for sure hmm. but I did love the image that you showed me because again no one could see podcast um with the the, almost like the fists yeah you know if, if you don't want it to be everyone's coming in against each other
1: well, that, that's so often when two people meet. It doesn't matter mm. what departments they're in or, you know, even the, the kind of the, the company and the customer um, mm. is is the idea that I have to get my agenda cro- across. I yeah. have to tick the boxes at the end of this meeting, and that's all that counts. And it's, that will work short term. You can win mm. short term. But it creates this me against them or yeah. them against me. Uh, 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 um, uh, atmosphere. And then you're in the realm of basically survival of fittest or, you know, the, the, the mm. winner takes all. Um And that's not going to help create a relationship. There's going to be one who's going to feel uh, they've won, the other feels they lost and no one likes losing. Do they?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so again, if you come in with the curious mindset with this uh, idea that you're going to unravel and discover. <laughs>
0: discover. <laughs> then, then not get, people, not get, discover. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. Um, uh, then then you're going to avoid this, this longer ahead, this yeah. confrontational, transactional uh, uh, bond that, mm. that will arise
0: from that. Yes, I think when you're going with that place of curiosity, you are going to ask better questions because you're just going to naturally be feeling more playful, aren't you? Abs- absolutely,
1: yeah. Yeah, that yeah.
0: happens. Yeah. <sighs> That's interesting. And it's funny because if you hadn't mirrored back to me, my language, I wouldn't have picked up how actually quite aggressive I was being with that. So I'll have to definitely get you to read the next book through just to make sure I'm not being aggressive in my tone. Anyway, <laughs> Roderick Lambert, obviously I know where to get you. I think, believe I have another coaching session booked with you shortly. Um, but if people want to find you, LinkedIn is the easiest. Yep.
1: Yeah, Roderick um, Lambert on LinkedIn. Um, yes. Yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah, that's where you'll find me uh quite regularly. the quickest and easiest yeah
0: yes quite regularly it's talking about coaching but also nutrition i've noticed i've noticed <laughs> indeed I,
1: I've, I've pivoted a little bit uh, because the second aha moment apart from realizing that there's no deep meaningful purpose at least for me in, in mm. creating value for the shareholder was that i'm don't have time to look after i look mm. after my career and i try to look after my family i try to look after myself and i'm getting ill and uh yeah, I got was you know getting to the stage where I, I was starting to have problems. Like one doctor called, said metabolic illness. The first time I'd ever heard of this. Oh wow! Metabolic syndrome, and uh, even said you know that I might you know might be on my way to my first heart attack. You know, and, ah. and, and so I studied that quite a lot. Again, on that thinking, researching type. Yep. And uh, discovered that actually everything we believed and were taught and heard from our doctors or from is the guidelines about how we should be eating is, is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Cuts to today. I applied what I learned to myself in six months, lost 20 kilograms. That was two years ago. I'm still uh, around 72 kilograms for my 179 centimeters. Wow. Healthy. All my problems have gone. Energy yep. and enthusiasm. So, I realised I can help other people Others. in that corporate
0: world, yeah. And you don't have to spend every day in the gym, which it's is crazy. the best part. To be fair, <laughs> Exactly. Yes, I, I love a dog walk, but don't make me go to the gym. <laughs> you don't have to go to the gym,
1: Katrina.
0: Mm-hmm. I must be—I was quite shocked, you know. Having known, I've only known you slim. So when I saw that photo, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> so, but I love the—I love the fact it can be incorporated into what they're doing. And I agree. I just think it's all. We need to be healthy in all the areas of our life, and it's so often it's in imbalance. So, Excellent. thank you so much for those pearls of wisdom, as <laughs> ever. Whenever I do these podcasts, I learn so much. I'm so loving it. So it's wonderful. Um, So thank you again, particularly as you did jump in quite last minute, <laughs> <laughs> and I threw curveball questions at you as ever. So, Roderick Lambert, thank you so much.
1: Katrina, thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hiring Partner Perspective unedited podcast, proudly supported by the people at WorkDrive. Hopefully you really enjoyed what you heard and have left feeling inspired. And if so, I would love your help to create real change. Please pass this podcast on to your hiring leaders and other recruiters and HR, even share it on your social channels if you feel so inclined. But the more reach we can get, the more change we can create. So, please remember to subscribe, of course, on your favorite podcast platform. And do come and say hello at Hiring Partner Perspective on Instagram, where I share behind the scenes of what's going on. Until next time, thank you. Hi.